day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. Welcome to episode 76 of Shop Talk. It's Jennifer. And Gary. And we're back with the recap of the new episodes. We had all of the Chenford goodness on Tuesday night, some Lopez moments, and another true crime style documentary, along with Laura Sense and Sass and her just being a whole mood. Yes. Um, so good. And it's going to be a long one. So buckle up because we're, yeah, we're just reliving the roller coaster that was Tuesday night. Um, but we do have some news to start off with. So Carrie, do you want to take us with take us away with the first episode description? Yeah, so we have uh, episode 514 of The Rookie, which will air uh, January 31st. It's called Death Sentence, which people have commented because there's, uh, what is it? The na- Naked in the Dead and then like Death Notice and like... Mm-hmm death sent like what is with all the deaths i don't know i don't think um, it means anything honestly no i don't either well i don't well, know not for like our our faves that everyone's like worried about you know yeah at least i hope not um i mean i would say anyway. the oscars like thing with the death this week was a death <laughs> notice but yeah yeah i would think so i would think so too but anyway um so the description is officer john nolan and bailey are on the hunt for a mystery gunman after a shooting hits a little too close to home. Meanwhile, Aaron struggles to live within his means and joins Lucy to help Tamara when the mother of a child she babysits goes missing. Elsewhere, Wesley suspects that a judge is taking bribes after he excludes valuable eyewitness testimony from a case. A Wesley storyline is exciting. I'm yeah. curious to know what it means by Aaron struggling to live within his means. Like, to me, that means, like, he's just spending all of his work, like, paycheck money. But yeah, that's not like the millennial struggle. Means. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what that is or how that works. And, like, a Balin storyline with a mystery gunman. Interesting. Yeah. They we should just give them like a quiet date night at their house like why do they have to spend their time like hunting down everyone in north america i'm convinced that bailey likes true crime podcasts like she has to right i mean has that ever been stated before i don't know i mean we know so much about her i know and yet nothing like that i don't think has come up yeah it wouldn't surprise me though Mm-hmm. so um for episode 114 of feds we have uh it's called the offer and it's um basically a billionaire's daughter goes missing he publicly announces a hefty reward for her safe return sparking concern for the fbi meanwhile garza's ex-wife makes a surprise appearance and appearance and shakes things up with the team interesting okay mm-hmm. i want to know which ex-wife it is of his well, see, that's what I'm, I think, I want to say I'd maybe tweeted that out when I had posted the episode description, like, maybe is it Candace, like, his first ex-wife, since he had uh-huh. mentioned it, mentioned her to Brendan, like, in last week's episode, I don't know, but it could, could be wife number two or wife number three, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea, I just, I can't wait for, like, 
I just want to see like his expression or hit like what the first thing he says is when yeah. he sees her. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, and like next week's promos, I mean, they didn't give too much away other than that Selena is getting hurt in the rookie and Carter is going to get hurt in Fets. Yeah. So that's people fun. with C's are not having a good week. No. <laughs> and like, why do we have to hurt them? Even if it's like a little bang up. No, like we don't need that. Yeah. Protect Selena, Juarez, and Carter Hope at all costs. Please. Please. Yeah. Um, so Deadline also reported that rookie feds and the rookie just continue to dominate Tuesday night ratings. Um, and they reported this last week. So they've picked up nearly 3 million viewers, you know, and it just keeps growing. So I'm actually really excited to see what the ratings and viewings are for this week's episodes. Cause yeah, they had to have been through the roof. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly trending on social media yeah. a lot. So I would think that means good things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so Nisi Nash also had a pretty killer week. Um, she actually ended up winning a Critics' Choice Award. Uh, she won it for uh, Netflix's Dahmer story. Uh, so it's not Rookie Feds related, but just it's just cool because the cast had supported her Golden Globe nomination the previous week. Um, and so it's just cool to see like all the support because like they uh i think uh davika who plays uh antoinette had posted an instagram story uh yesterday and you know like the cast and crew were like you know round of applause for Nisi mm-hmm. and all that so it's just it's cool cool for her um and the rookie feds um did receive a glad nomination today for outstanding new tv series so that's exciting mm-hmm. yeah I and think, congrats to them yeah i know kevin posted it he always posts everything though he's so like into supporting like everyone and everything that the show is about so yeah i think that's cool um and Nathan did a lot of press interviews for the rookie this week and was um you know on a couple uh morning show programs promoting the new episodes and of course the special guest appearance by none other than Kelly Clarkson on the rookie and so it was cool that we also got a behind the scenes tour from when Kelly was on there yeah the Kelly Clarkson show brought cameras to the set and so we got to kind of just see everything and cast got to you know hug her and like she talked about you know how she was feeling and we got cast sound bites it was just cool so we posted it on our twitter and i think retweeted mm-hmm. it too so if you haven't watched it yet go check that out i love when we get behind the scenes tours like that like they did a close-up of the slates and like the cameras and all of that and i just love when we get to see that like i don't know it's just the tv watcher in me i think Mm -hmm. the hardcore tv watcher 
Yeah. Um, and then Eric and Rosalind dropped a new episode of He Said Ayadijo this week. Um, and it's, I mean, it's hilarious, just like it is every other week. Um, but he basically shared that Dim slash Jake is coming back because he had tattoos on and like it's a lot of work in the chair. So like they just let him keep them on or whatever. And so he was going to his daughter's soccer game and that. And Rosalind was like, no, you can't do that. Like, you have to cover them up. Like, you know, they know you as this clean cookie cutter, like vanilla white boy is what she called them. And it's just, it was hilarious. Like their dynamic is so funny. Um, But yeah, go listen to that podcast if you haven't already. I mean, I woke up to it one morning and it was like being shared all over social media. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check it out. If you have go listen to it again because like why not <laughs> so that's about it for the news though um there was kind of a lot but you know i mean it was a busy week in the rookie mm-hmm. universe so yep. we will jump right into the episode um so we'll start off with the rookie 512 title death notice um and we'll kind of just start off with john and selena because this was honestly the biggest storyline. Um, and for me, there was parts where it like tore towards the end where I was like, okay, can we just like close this out? Cause it just seemed like it was going on a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, the two are called into Gray's office and he tells them that Oscar is donating a kidney and that they, that they have to watch over him at the hospital. John's reaction was hilarious when he was like you've got to be kidding me um and yeah i mean selena doesn't know who he is like it's just so funny um and then when john's like sorry my brain broke a little did you say he's (laughs) donating a kidney um that was hilarious as well so i mean definitely like memeable john nolan moments for sure Mm -hmm. um and then so we sh- we uh, hear that Oscar's daughter, Ashley, had a kidney infection, which ended, which resulted in end-stage renal disease. So that's kind of why she has to have this. Otherwise, she'll be like on dialysis for the rest of her life. Um, and Nolan asks again for clarification. And he's like, our Oscar Hutchinson, like ours is donating a kidney. Um, and he's just like, just out of the kindness of his heart like are we sure that oscar is okay or whatever and gray's like yeah i don't buy it either but like he's got some kind of play here and so nolan does point out that hospitals do have low lower security than prisons do and gray just adds that like you know hospitals also have the drugs and all the sharp objects he could want (laughs) so gray's like round up whoever you need like you know you guys have got this so we cut over to the hospital. John's giving everyone their position. Selena's like, we really need all this for one man. And she does not truly realize just how conniving he is. And so John's like, Oscar has been convicted of murder, multiple violent felonies. He escaped a prison convoy, stabbed Wesley and escaped federal agents. Like John goes on this whole rant about, oscar and he's like he's selfish immoral brutal unethical like the list goes on and on and selena points out that john said selfish twice and john's like yeah because he really really is selfish 
So they meet up with the sheriff deputy outside of Oscar's room, who tells them that, like, nothing is out of the ordinary for Oscar. He's already hit on three nurses and, like, picked his handcuffs with the pen that he stole. Um, And so John and Selena walk into the room, and Oscar's, you know, thrilled to see him, because why wouldn't he? Um, He's like, you know, where's my get well gift? I was hoping for chocolates or whatever. And John's like, you can't even have those. So just stop it. Stop it right now. And Oscar is like well what about teddy bears and balloons or whatever and he asks if john's aware like of his heroic and unselfish act here and while all of this is happening selena is staring at oscar who calls her sexy which i mean like she is but like oscar no no don't don't call her that so she's like honing in on him you know and it's kind of freaking him out and so she tells oscar that he's gonna die and he's like, yeah, okay, like, I've been threatened by girls a lot tougher and a lot taller than you, which, like, I just thought that was funny that, like, he had mentioned taller than her because she is so tiny um, compared to, like, John Nolan and, like, Eric, like, and the behind-the-scenes footage and stuff, like, yeah. So she tells John that, like, death is coming for him, and Oscar's like, is she real? Like, is she for real about this? And John's like, when it comes to her, I trust her instincts. And John tells Oscar that if he was him, he would be worried. And so Oscar tries to deflect and he's like, well, we're all going to die. And Selena's like, some sooner rather than later. Um, And so Oscar's, like, we cut over to Oscar's daughter, Ashley, who's like, who's convinced that, or who knows that Oscar is extorting her. And she's like, you know, I had to put $50 in this prison commissary account before you know he'd even pick up the phone and you know after the surgery like I owe him a hundred dollars a week and she's like I'm just glad that he's going through with the surgery like I thought I'd be in dialysis until I died and so we find out a little bit more about her and it turns out that she just got out of prison and finally got her life together and then all of this hit with the kidneys um and she's like you know I had my sentence reduced for good behavior and it seems like and it seems like she's learned her lesson up oh. and it's basically to not be like her dad and so she says that like as soon as all this is over like she's done with shady and shady dirtbag criminals and then cue her boyfriend duke walking in who seems shady and criminal like and like a young version of paul rudd did you think that too um maybe gosh i don't know i don't know i kind of thought that and then i was like am i just seeing things or like what's going on um but anyway the doctor like oscar's doctor shares that the transplant team is on the way and that they should be there in a few hours she's like you know i'll let you know when it's go time so john tells selena that like he had no idea that she was foreseeing someone's that foreseeing someone's death was one of her powers to where that's when i was like her powers like i love that we're calling them that now like her mm-hmm. powers oh it was so cute and like oscar commenting about her height like let's protect selena juarez at all costs please like i beg yeah. every vegas um and selena's like it's not that i actually saw him die in my mind it's more of a feeling like a sense of total darkness and so they hear the sheriff deputy is trying to get into Oscar's room. Like the door's been locked and everything. And so they get in and turns out that Oscar's like getting choked out by an orderly. 
who apparently did 10 years because of Oscar and good old Oscar knows exactly who he is. And so Oscar, like once they get the orderly off of him, Oscar tells Selena, he's like, I beat your prophecy. And Selena's like, no, death is still coming for you. Like that wasn't it there. So after the duo is done talking to the doctor who shares that like she's gonna examine oscar they end up seeing duke like come out of some random closet but like he's on his way back to ashley's room and so like as he walks away ashley selena's like you know ashley must have gotten her taste in vent from her mom yeah no this dude is this dude is not good so um selena's like walking down the hall with a bag of food later and she comes across duke again who's like coming out of some random room or like bathroom or something and she sees him like in the reflective mirror in the hall like i don't know what they're called but like they're up in the corner of a hall and like you can kind of see all ways or whatever and um, i want to say it's like coverings of security cameras so it's like yeah. you can't you can't see the camera but yeah the, I, don't I don't know maybe not i don't i don't there's probably there probably is some name yeah or them because like even stores use them right you know just to like make sure that there's like not people stealing or whatever Mm -hmm. um and so you know like selena then finds him in some random hospital room and like she kind of like scares him and gets the pills out of his hand or like she wants him to show her show her his hands and so then he like falls to the ground and starts seizing um so she pushes the button for help john comes in with the doctors and then we don't see any more of him, but we go over to Ashley and she's asking about him. You know, it turns out he took a lot of pills, like a whole medicine cabinet worth of different ones. Um, and he's under arrest. And so they'll process him as soon as he's cleaned up and released. And Ashley's like, yeah, I thought it was weird that he just kept wandering off, but like never thought that he was treating the patients room at like a pill buffet. Um and Ashley was played by Molly Cre- Molly Quinn, who was on Castle. So that mm-hmm. was fun. Yeah. Um, and so John leaves to go check on Oscar because the doctors are like going to get Ashley for surgery. And he finds the doctors and like, you know, she says the team's all prepped and ready. So like as they're walking back into the hospital room, John comes across the guard who was supposed to be watching Oscar and he's like coming back from the bathroom like so nonchalant about it and it's like dude you literally work for the prison or like sheriff's deputy like how are you so nonchalant about this and he's like the hospital is full of cops he's cuffed to the bed like he's not going anywhere lo and behold they walk in to find oscar eating some food that was delivered and he's like oops i wasn't supposed to eat so surgery is delayed for another 12 hours which like that's such an oscar move i mean obviously but john's face and eyebrow raise is hilarious there because he just he has no patience for oscar so then we it's like the middle ish of the episode and bailey's dropping off an overnight bag for john and so they're all in oscar's room and he tells bailey that it's only a matter of time before john starts cheating on her with selena which like ew i never needed to hear that no hard no but also like slight throwback and reminder that nolan did hook up with a rookie before like i don't know i didn't think about that until my second rewatch but i was like i mean no 
no and then like didn't he call selena like nolan's sexy little rookie again and i was like oscar you're getting under people's skin or you're trying to and like just stop stop like no um and so bailey's like yeah that's a really lame attempt but what's up like because you know you're usually better than that and john's like well you know he was told that he has death looming on him and selena told him that and so bailey like asks if john's making selena work overtime and you know it turns out that she offered because she could use the extra cash so bailey had a feeling and she's like i packed an extra toothbrush and a makeup kit for you and selena's like you're the best um which led me to think is Balin like Selena's pseudo parents like Chenford is Tamara's? Because <laughs> if so, I'm here for it. Yeah, love all the found family. Yeah, what's going on? Because I mean, if anything, like we do see Selena interact more with Balin, which isn't bad. I mean, I love all of the Selena screen time, but yeah. Yeah, it is it is kind of more like that because we don't I mean we see Tamara like interact with Angela or you know whoever else, but it's not very often. So I don't know. I just like parallel to those two. But yeah, so before Bailey leaves, she tells Oscar that if John comes home with so much as a bruise, she'll hunt him down and strangle him with his own intestines. And Oscar's like, ooh, like I'm scared. And so John's like sitting by us. This is the best part. <laughs> John was sitting by Oscar's bed and, you know, he's sleeping. No one's trying to read a book. Like it's midnight or whatever. And Oscar's snoring really loudly. No one's trying to read the book. He just can't even deal with this anymore. Like his face, he just makes like one expression. And then he's like, I gotta go. And so he walks out into the hall to find the sheriff's deputy, deputy asleep in the chair which like this guy is just winning he is a great deputy goes to the bathroom when he's supposed to be watching doesn't think to get anyone else and like you know is asleep on the job but selena's there um and she's like you know he's got a newborn at home like i figured i'd let him get some sleep and so nolan asks her how she's holding up and she's like we're getting time and a half right like i'm good i'm good and so john like goes back uh he walks by ashley's room and finds her packing her things up. And she's like, you know, I should have never gotten involved with Oscar again. Like it was all ploy for him to get out of jail for a few days. And John talks her off the ledge. And, you know, it's just like, you should stay. Cause if you leave, like you might wait forever for a donor. And John relates to her like somewhat with his issues with his dad. And so then she's like, you know, she says that he'll never, she'll, she says that Oscar will never go through with the surgery. Um, and, you know, he even tells her that like, he'll like, John even says that he'll be there to make sure that Oscar does everything he needs to, to get the surgery done. So then like in the same night, like Selena walks into Oscar's room, the dude's like awake now or whatever. And I'm sorry, I don't trust him. Like, even if he is cuffed to the bed, I really don't trust him. Like, I thought he was going to try some things. Um, and, you know, she apologizes and tells him, like, you know, for telling him about his impending death or whatever. And he's like, it's cute that you think you can get into my head. And so Selena just tries to talk some sense into him and um, all of that. And so, you know, it's time for Oscar surgery and, like, the doctor comes. And 
immediately Selena and John are like, something's off with her. Like, you know, she's just, she doesn't seem the same. And so she even introduces a doctor that is coming in to oversee the surgery, which doesn't really make any sense anyway, but John has a weird vibe about him too. And so Selena's just like happy to hear that, like she's rubbing off on him or whatever. And so they like want to check he wants to check with the hospital to find out to find if the doctor is really who he says he is and is like on the up and up. And so Selena comes back to John and, you know, gives him the rundown on the new doctor. And she's like, you know, he's not who he says he is. She ran him through Vicap and his name is Troy Hoffman. Like he was in prison with Oscar along with a slew of other things. So she's like, I'm wondering if Oscar is there to help or if he's there to help Oscar escape. And John knows that he has some kind of leverage on the doctor, but doesn't know what yet. And so they have to keep the two doctors separate. Selena's on a mission to keep the new doctor busy. And John's going to find out more from the original doctor. And so turns out that her family is being held hostage by men. Um, and they said that if she doesn't kill Oscar during the surgery, that she'll never see her family again. And Oscar obviously overhears this because he's in the middle of them, um, which wasn't really a smart idea, but like they had to play cool. Um, And he's like, what? Like I want out of these cops right now. And so they all get into the elevator and which they did a lot of elevator work this season or this episode. (laughs) Like a lot. (laughs) Um, And so Selena cuts the, new doctor and you know they find out the plan or whatever and so oscar finds out why this guy is beef with him and nolan like calls him the worst person in the world again we got that twice and i was like i mean it's true it's true and so nolan calls chenford uh for backup and so they get the other two guys you know which is successful or whatever and so the doctor like John's like, well, we can still do the surgery if the doctor is, you know, ready and still willing to do it or whatever. And she's like, yeah, like whatever it takes to get Oscar out of the hospital. Um, And Oscar's like, I've been severely traumatized. Like I need a couple of days before I can do this. And like no one pushes back yet until Selena's like, that's fine, but we'll call everyone that you've ever wronged and tell them where he is. And he's like, I doubt that you would do that. And John's like, well, if she doesn't, I will. So, you know, your choice is to get the surgery or to have more people try and kill you. And so with that, he's getting the surgery. Um, And I mean, Selena's a baddie. Like we knew, we've been new here, but like still, you know, it's nice to see that she can handle the situation. Um, And so Oscar like comes out of surgery he's all like chipper and happy and everything and John's like only two days out of prison and two people have tried to kill you must feel good or whatever and Selena's or he asks Selena if um she still thinks that Oscar is gonna die and Selena's like at some point but the darkness that surrounded you has receded for now and Oscar's like well I'm just glad that part of me will live on in my daughter and John just bluntly says unless it rejects you and so then (laughs) we had one last oscar line and he's like i'm offering my ci services to you john and then he tells that to selena and he's like you know what better guy to have to have as a ci when you're a rookie than me and i'm like no no you just no um 
but yeah with that the oscar storyline is done for now i mean who knows what's to come but yeah so next we have chenford which i mean you know listen this is where things might go off go off the wall here (laughs) who knows um yeah so we see tamara she is doing yoga and she's like shocked to see lucy is at home so she tells lucy that like she knows about her and tim and tamara's like i went to bed at 1 a.m and like you still weren't home and which like leads me to wonder like what chenford was doing because we find out later that they're not doing much um but lucy covers and she's like yeah i did trivia like it went long and tomorrow's like yeah how was trivia like she tries to kind of bait her a little bit and she solely to see what lucy comes up with and she's like yeah you know i came up with some obscure fact about like this person and tomorrow's like you are such a smooth liar and she's like well i shouldn't be surprised and like with all that undercover training you know it makes sense and she's like i saw tim dropping you off last night like i'm not that oblivious so tomorrow's like why the big secret though like you're both single and you know lucy's just like we're just keeping it under wraps until we figure things out and so tomorrow like offers to clear out of the apartment for the night and she's like you know if you ever want it for you and tim like i'm i'm i can leave and so lucy clears it up real quick and she's like we're not sleeping together because we're taking it slow which leads me to believe even more like okay so what were they doing then until 1 a.m like if they're not like you know doing things are they just like making out and like watching movies like listen i'm not against that but like nothing yeah like talking i don't know (laughs) i don't know um but yeah so then lucy like shares that she knows exactly how she feels and that this is the most amazing relationship she's ever been in and tomorrow's like so why are you waiting then like you know um and we kind of leave it off from there and then we go over to chenford in the parking lot this was the snake peak where we all collectively lost it on a weekend um and you know side note like i'm still losing it over him tapping her thigh like i i mean that truly was like one of the best little crumbs that we could have gotten and like her finger running up his arm like i still get the butterflies i'm like no i can't i literally cannot function over it um and so lucy's like you know tonight's the night and tomorrow knows and tim's down for it so gray comes up and interrupts them um and they're not even like in uniform yet and he's like yeah you're riding together like it's kind of like that meme of like don't talk to me until i've had my coffee like I don't know. You're talking to them before they're even like on shift, like on the clock. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's like, you know, Aaron's helping Angela and Nyla for the day. And so, you know, like they have to ride together. And Tim's like, well, it doesn't have to be awkward. But Lucy's like, well, we've never rode together as a couple. So it probably will be a little awkward. And Tim's like, on the streets, it won't be. Like we won't be a couple. And so Lucy teases him baits him by asking like if he's not going to be thinking about what they're going to do after shift and tim's like it won't be a problem it like it's fine and like she i thought that this was funny she like holds the door open and he like walks in first you know like because we saw it before where he like held the door open and she walked in yeah he usually Um, does (laughs) yeah 
And so, like, they're walking out to the shop together. Lucy's like, you know, we can tell Gray that, like, I got food poisoning and I have to take the rest of the day off. And, like, we can avoid all the weirdness then. And he's just like, you're overthinking this. Like, we leave, or, yeah, he tells her that she's overthinking this and that they leave their personal life at the door just like always and she's like you can really shut it off like at 7 59 a.m i'm your girlfriend and at 801 i'm your subordinate and like that just seems kind of like weird um and kind of just kind of off and so he bluntly answers um and she's like yeah okay and so he's like what's up um because she's kind of like pointing out her appearance to him and you know she's like it's my duty belt like my taser is on the wrong side and normally he'd be all over for all over her for something like that like we saw it in you know seasons one through three and um he's like did you do that on purpose and he's like you know you don't do tim tests i do tim tests and she's like it's not a tim test it's a lucy lesson and she just wants him to admit that like he's taking it easy on her and that they're not even on duty yet and their dynamic has already changed which i loved that she called it a lucy lesson it was just like that's adorable and very lucy jennifer um and so he tells her to get in the car and like she reminds him that it's called the shop um and he's just unamused and points again like if it was season three Chenford where they're like still just flirting, he would totally have something to say about this, I feel like. Um, but then again, maybe not because he's been like he's been in love with her since season one, episode one. Um, and so Chenford's walking down the street and Lucy's like, you know, you still haven't noticed. And he's like, What do you mean? Like that you're carrying your coffee in the in your gun hand? And he's like, I haven't said anything because these Lucy lessons are pointless. And so she asks him if like, he really doesn't think that he's treating her differently. And he tells her that like, she can change up her duty belt to carry her coffee in the other hand. Like it's all up to her and that it's not about them. And, you know, he'd give Thorson the same leeway, which like he very well could, who knows, but I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I think it's like different yeah. just because they they've been so off and on where they haven't uh ridden together yeah in most of the episodes like it's been back and forth back and forth so it's like they they don't have the same dynamic that's totally right. true yeah i mean it's kind of like when you haven't seen a friend or something in a while and it's like you're not playing catch up like you're playing catch up it's not like you picked up right where you left off so so then a store owner comes out and he's like, you know, you guys have to do something about this guy. And there's a guy outside of his shop who's destroying his business. So the store owner says, and it's because he's a mobile pot dispensary, which, okay, that was a little odd, but all right. Um, and so Tim wants to know what's going on. A little Chenford crumb that I picked up on the second watch was him taking Lucy's coffee and putting it on top of the shop. Like, I did not catch that the first watch. Um, Yeah, it was just cute. Like, he took it out of her hands. She didn't even, like, hand it to him. He just, like, reached over. Um, So the shop owner says, you know, he does everything right. And this guy just, like, parks in a van and throws up a sign. And so the guys are, like, competing for the same customers or whatever. And the van guy's like, you know, the customers are coming to me because my product is better and cheaper. 
And they ask for the paperwork and this guy like gets in the van and he's like asking if his bag is out there. It reminded me of a classic rookie cold open. Like it was chaotic in like every way possible. Mm-hmm. So and then Tim, no patience, Bradford, immediately radios dispatch and he's like, you know, calling for a tow truck or whatever. So we don't see any more of that, like um, that scene of the crime or whatever. But we go over to Tim and Lucy doing paperwork on their traveling pot dealer. And he's, you know, getting cited out, which means, like, they're just not taking his fingerprints or mugshot, but, like, he has to show up to court. So he's, like, looking through his bag, and he notices that these earrings are gone and immediately blames Lucy. She remains calm and cool. And, you know, she's like, I put them in the bag. Like, you know, if you don't believe me, file a complaint at the front desk. And Tim stands up for her, saying that no one stole anything, like, you know, it's more Chenford crumbs. And so then the guy is backing down. He's like, you know, I want a receipt or whatever. And so as the guy leaves, Lucy looks at Tim like a sad little puppy dog. And she's like, I didn't take the earrings. And Tim's like, I believe you. Like, stuff like this happens all the time. And Lucy's like, it doesn't to me. Um, and so, you know, she asks if he, if like she's been so focused on them that like she misplaced the earrings and until the end of the episode, you would think, like, you think that she feels really, like, bad about this. And, like, she, you know, just misplaced them for real. And then, but the end of the episode proves otherwise. So, Chenford's, like, searching the shop for the earrings. Lucy, you know, keeps telling Tim to just file a report. And he's like, you know, I have discretion for this. And, like, it's just not time for that yet. And so, Lucy reminds him that, like, if they don't find the earrings... Then he has to report it to IA and he's skirting the topic, like even going so far to say that maybe janitorial swept it up. And so then like we go over to um, Lucy's apartment and like Lucy comes home tomorrow's packing her bag for the night because she was going to leave so that Chenford could have that apartment. And Lucy's like, it's okay. Like you don't need to go anywhere because Tim and I canceled the date. And so Tamar asks what happened, of course, and Lucy's like, you know, us writing together today just, like, drove home all of the problems with dating your boss. And Tamar's like, yeah, I thought that it seemed tricky, but, like, didn't want to say anything. And so Tamara just asks if they're breaking up. And, like, to me, I was like, she's like a sad child whose parents are, like, fighting pretty much. And so... I mean, she was basically asking the question for all of us, even though we knew that Chenford wasn't going to break up. Um, And Lucy just quickly reassures her and says, like, they're not, and they'll figure out how to make it work. So Tamara, like, opens the door to find Tim and, like, calls for Lucy, saying, like, your boyfriend is here um, in the middle of the episode. And so, I don't know, it's just, it was giving little sister, annoying little sister vibes, like, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean... Lucy, your boyfriend's here. Like, yeah. Um, and so Tim face Tim's face though when she said that was hilarious. He was just like, really? Like, really? And so Tamara like turns back to Tim and you know asks if she told him that like uh you know she figured it out on her own. And you know, Tamara's so proud of herself. She's like, I'd make a good detective. And I'm like, Tamara, they weren't even good at hiding it. Like I mean, yes, you did figure it out. Like, bravo to you. But, like, yeah, they weren't good at hiding it, please. Them in the parking lot at work. I'm like, anyone with two eyes would see that. Like, 
Smitty would see fair, it. I mean, she would, she's just going off of their apartment. Stuff, right. So, yeah. So pretty good. She figured it out. Yeah. Especially like, I mean, I don't know. We haven't seen them in anyone, like in either of their places since they've been together, which in and of itself is a crime. I mean, come <laughs> on. If they're keeping it a secret at work, we could at least be getting off duty Chenford. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, I mean, who knows what they do at the apartment or whatever. Like, if he comes over and they're just hanging out as friends. So, Lucy comes out. You know, he's she's confused that he's there. And they hug. And I'm just going to say that they missed a perfect chance for a little hello kiss there. Like, they really did. I mean, I was just surprised we got the hug. I yeah, for sure. Hug. But, I mean, like, Tamara was standing there. And she knows about them. So, like, they could have, like... I don't know. He could have gave her a little peck or something, but that's besides the point. So <laughs> Tim's been like spinning out over these earrings um, and which they switched to dynamics in this, in this part because he was spinning out, which is very Lucy like, and then, you know, she was very much just like, it's fine. Like no big deal. You'll just file the report, which like, obviously she was, cool with it or whatever because she had the earrings the entire time but so you know tim has thrown out the theory of someone finding the earrings and you know said well maybe they assumed they belonged to a female officer and left them in the women's locker room and lucy's like you know i already checked there and she tells him that he has to report it now and tim agrees and he's like you know he you can just tell that he hates this um and she points out that if it was aaron like he would have reported it already and tim kind of fights back and he's like yeah but it's not aaron it's you and lucy just finishes his sentence with and you can't be objective when it comes to me right and that's when she drops the bomb on him that she's had the earrings the entire time and tim's like that is evil but also smart um and he's like so we have to face the problem like what do we do and that's when we cut to Chenford driving together the next day. But yeah, so like basically, you know, throwing out the theories, all that. And so the next day, Chenford is driving together and Lucy's like, we really only have two options. Um, and they either break up or one of them has to leave mid Wilshire. And so Lucy says that it should be her who leaves because there's an open because there isn't an open sergeant supervisor job anywhere in the division. And she's like, I checked, like, you know, it's definitely me who has to leave. And so Lucy's like, you know, it'll be fine. Like rookies leave their first station after making P2 all the time. Like it's really not a big deal. And so she asks him again for reassurance that this is the best move. And he's like, maybe, but we don't have to decide on anything right now. So Chenford is in the parking lot, like, unloading the car and he commends her on like a great work on the great work for the day and she's like yeah it's not a bad way to end the partnership like saving a family and more little chenford moments is when like she picked something off his shirt and then like playfully shoves him and again you can't honestly tell me that someone did not see that and be like oh what's going on i mean i guess like they are friends that could just be a friendly thing but um yeah so she tells him that it's just gonna be so weird like her moving to a different station and like knowing that she's not gonna see him every day all day and so 
he brings up that like their shifts might not sync up together and like her realize her face when she realized that like hurt um and so she reiterates that like they're doing the right thing and you know so she's like and we're probably gonna see each other a lot less which like how is that helping anything and her sad little no was oh my gosh i was like i don't like this for Jennifer. like i don't like that they have to think about this but we see it in all of these other shows too where they're like if you get together with another cop like you have to make decisions um which usually doesn't always happen like maybe they'll make one decision but like they'll revert back um so i'm not really that concerned for this because i'm like oh i mean i guess they could just start shooting in two different places but i think it'll happen for like an episode maybe and then like tim will be back so yeah but um so she tells them that like she's gonna put in her transfer request and like another little chenford moment is when he motions for her to take the war bag and like they just smile at each other and so towards the end of the episode gray goes to talk to or tim goes to talk to gray and tells him about lucy and him and so gray's like yeah i suspected as much and like you know tim's like we wouldn't have lied but we wanted to figure things out first and gray's like it must be serious if we're having this talk and tim's like yeah and for it to be appropriate like i have to move out of her chain of command so gray's like there's only one job open it's not a great one and tim's like i don't care i'll take it like i'll do anything for her um and then at the end of the episode, this is like the last scene that we leave off on. Chunford is back at the apartment. So basically, like, she's thinking of the Hollywood division. And Tim's like, you know, it's not necessary because he's moving and he's going to be the court liaison sergeant. Like, it's a death job. Lucy knows Tim's going to hate that. Like, he does not care that he'll be bored up out of his mind. Like, all that matters is that, like, they're going to see each other every day and she won't have to travel to some station where she'll be working the midnight shift and then they kiss and he pins her against the wall and then they go into the bedroom and shut the door so yeah cue the screening four hours later yep i could not focus on feds after i was like i literally do not care like i mean i do but like at this point at this point in time all i can think about is chenford kissing and making out so yeah well, it was so funny because like feds didn't do a uh previously on yeah you know for it or they didn't even really have they just went right into the title card yeah um so kind of that didn't really like i mean i get the streamlined effect but right it didn't exactly help that that and like Okay, so the previous true crime episodes for The Rookie, at least the first one, they were basing that off of previous cases that they had, right? Yeah. Like, this one was not a previous case. Not at least that we saw. I didn't think. There was mentions of previous cases, but there wasn't like, oh, this was a previous case that the viewers had seen and the feds team was like walking us through it. Like, it was Mm -hmm. just some random case yeah but yeah I mean, it was different but i think they had to just vary it up so it wasn't yeah the it wasn't the same, same like yeah. formula yeah mm-hmm. um but oh, yeah, yeah oh i gosh, mean Tenford. <laughs> i literally i was screaming into a pillow like so much so the after it was like okay i need to like stop because my head hurts <laughs> <laughs> 
I literally like the only thing I said well because I didn't tweet like the whole entire minute that it yeah. like was happening and then so our tweets kind of ran together yeah a little bit yeah. and we switched over um and but then like just literally like, as it was happening I was like oh they're doing things <laughs> that's literally yeah. all I said and then like I just watched it happen and I was like oh my gosh I but, was I mean I figured something was gonna happen and everyone was like, oh, like, Chenford's gonna, like, do things and, like, hook up and everything. And I, I was really like, thought it was gonna be interrupted, which, I mean, it yeah. kind of was a little bit in a way, because they had to yeah. cancel it and then, you know, move the day. But, I mean, I'm down for it. I just didn't know they were gonna, like, end, end the episode on it. Like, the I just, last like, minute. I don't know. I mean, I figured that we would get something. But I was like, we're not going to, they're not going to take us that far. And then when they were going there, I was like, oh, 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 they're doing things. They're, they're doing so many things. And like, magically his shirt just unbuttons and comes off. And I'm like, (laughs) whoa, what's going on here? (laughs) Shirtless Tim Bradford is a gift. Yeah. Finally got after, well, I guess technically. We didn't even like see him shirtless. I mean, we saw his back and like his side, but it wasn't like we had like. I don't know full front view or anything but I'll take it so good yeah but like we even got the little um image that was dropped in like some random promo like what two weeks ago or something where like she was kind of like climbing over his lap or whatever so yeah so that was cute and then I loved when she was or he was like oh well there's no sense in like arguing about it or whatever and she was like oh but we're so good at arguing like she was so flirty with him this episode and just like I don't know if baiting is the right word but just like messing with him teasing him about like the earrings and like how he needs to file a report like they totally switched dynamics I feel like in this episode Mm -hmm. I just yeah Chunford I mean I literally have so many words and thoughts, but they're not coherent still. So, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I guess I just didn't, like I said, I wasn't really expecting it just because, I mean, they did just start dating, you know, like yeah. two episodes ago. But I mean, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm thinking of what, you know, how Lucy was like, we're going to take it slow. Like, we're not just going to, I mean, which I guess it's been a few weeks in the rookie universe because yeah. Tim had said they've been dating for a few weeks. I was gonna say, yeah. Um but I mean, it's not I'm all here for it. Like, you know, they want to mm-hmm. do, you know, they want to do that more power to them. I just like like I said, wasn't expecting to actually see yeah. anything because I thought it was just gonna stay interrupted. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not mad at it. But <laughs> I also think now. like they've known each other for so long. Like in our in our world, it's been four and a half seasons or like whatever four and a half five whatever seasons that they've known each other and their world they've known each other for like what a year maybe two or something so like to them they've known each other for so long that that's just like the logical next step and like they don't have to wait like months for it or whatever it's not like they're just like two random people that have met I mean, like, yeah, I guess it just, I just kind of a little bit contradicted what Lucy had said, just yeah. because she had used it as... We're taking it slow. Yeah. Yeah, like, just because we know each other so well doesn't mean we have to... She was yeah. like, you know, just, just because of that, they don't have to jump into bed together, which, I mean, yeah, I guess she was saying it, you know, as for their first date. 
Mm-hmm. So like I said, no, I'm just, I, I just thought it was interesting that it, yeah. it kind of contradicted it a little yeah. bit. But yeah, especially because she was like, yeah, we're taking it slow. But I mean, maybe she just didn't totally realize like his feelings or whatever too on it. I don't know. Because like I'm thinking back to like when Upside kissed and then we had that morning after scene. Um mm-hmm. because I mean there is like upset Chenford parallels. So I but then again, mm-hmm. like they never said we're taking it slow, but it was yeah. very much like, oh, this is just the logical next step and we're moving there quickly because we've known each other for this long. But yeah. they aren't quite the same because like, you know, they were both detectives and like yeah, didn't have to move ranks or anything, but yeah, and they weren't taking it slow in their in their minds so yeah I don't know but I mean maybe I guess it's just probably because like Lucy is so secure like she finally admitted out loud that like this was the relationship that you know she that is the best for her Mm -hmm. so maybe she was just kind of once she said that it kind of like freed yeah her in a way just you know she's like okay yeah. Like yep, Yeah, because she was in. even the one that was like tonight's the night. Like she yeah. was the one that initiated it. So mm-hmm. which I feel like that's a very Lucy Chen thing of her to do, to like plan to plan when she's doing that. <laughs> yeah, like let me let me pencil it in. <laughs> yeah. And Tim's face, like after he like tapped his fingers on her thigh, like he was smiling and then he was like kind of awkward about it. It was like, oh my gosh, he does not know how to act at work. But happiest man he is yes oh my gosh it was so good literally i'm just gonna watch the chenford scenes on repeat because i swear the rookie's like getting better and better by each episode and it's not solely just because of chenford but like i think a lot of it is i mean they're amping up their promo material to be like chenford so i mean they know what the fans want especially on twitter yeah social media content team uh, for the rookie deserve all the raises yes in the world so yeah they they do the most i mean also the chunford fandom does the most too i mean literally you go on after like a sneak peek has dropped and it's just like pandemonium for mm-hmm. hours so mm-hmm. next we have angela and Nyla with a little bit of Aaron we didn't see him in this episode like at all we never even well, yeah, saw him why I was like oh he's working with it okay like okay can we see him a little bit more like I don't know we only saw him in the cold open yeah that was it what like ugh, I missed Aaron Thorson in this episode I missed I him mean, like like talked a little but it just wasn't like we never like saw him again after the cold yeah. open it was just like not I don't just not in his usual capacity. Yeah. It's okay. He was just busy, like, you know, doing doing things. Um, but yeah, so Nyla's like working away at her desk and Wesley's sitting there and she's like, you know, I can't share anything about the Elijah investigation. So like, you know, you might as well just like walk away an hour or whatever. So he's like, you know, I'm aware, but like I just want to make sure that someone's on it. And Nyla's like a major drug kingpin just used the LAPD to take out two of his rivals and quite a few someone's are, like quite a few someone's are on it like you don't have to worry 
So Wesley's convinced that Elijah's like not done with him or Angela and Nyla's and Nyla's very aware of that. Like the lawsuits made it very clear. And Wesley's like, yeah, the lawsuits were a game. He doesn't care about like Angela's badge or his family's money. Like he just wants to torture Lopez and quite possibly kill them. And I was like, we still cannot have this conversation though. And so Angela walks up and she's like, if you're hassling Nyla about it, like, you know, you can't. And Wesley's like, I'm, I'm leaving, like I'm out. And we find out that Lopez has date night planned, which is exciting. Why do no dates in the show go according to plans? Like, I just want to find that out now. I mean, Jennifer does after some time, but still. Like, their first dates don't usually go as planned. Yeah, and I just want to know why. I mean, the drama, but, like, I don't know. I guess at that point, then we get two two chances for a date. Two outfits, which is always a plus. Um, but, yeah, so as Wesley leaves, Aaron comes up. Okay, so we did see, we saw Aaron twice. We saw yeah, Aaron like twice. We, like, saw, like, briefly. He briefly yeah. um, kind of just, like, popped into a scene for a you know sentence or two and then ducked back yeah. out i i have to believe that true was just busy with like other projects or something that week and like they had to just find a way to not have him in episode that much but i don't know yeah so aaron comes up he's hyped about working with the two detectives again like this man is literally just always happy always because like even last week he was like guess who's playing guess who's a baseball coach like mr friendly over here or whatever he's just he's always excited and happy so we find out that they're surveying surveilling uh survey surveilling that's not even a word they're watching serrano rivers um and angela got a tip from a ci that he's running guns and so it's not enough for a warrant but like they're hoping that he screws up so they can catch him and so Angela's face is just like you know she looks very guilty as they walk away and so Angela and Nyla are in one car while Aaron's in another we never see it though that was the last of Aaron that we saw at the district and so they're talking about how nice it must be to like sleep in every morning and Angela shares that like she left Jack with Patrice last weekend they went up to like OI and she still woke up at 5 a.m and Nyla's like yeah I slept until like 5 30 this morning and I'm feeling good I love how they were like sharing their motherhood like journeys like they were just sharing like everyday parent things yeah um and so Angela then is like you know does your burrito taste good and Nyla doesn't think much of it but Angela's like I've just been feeling off like the last couple of days and like I'm just gonna get some antacids like I think that's just what I need and she's like you know so we see her walk into the store and we like cut over to this man who's in front of who's in the car in front of theirs and he's like watching her walk in which i thought that he was one of like the people that they were watching like the bad guys or whatever and he was like on to them and he was gonna do something to them i did not see the ending coming for this storyline and so we see her like in the bathroom she's looking at a timer and she picks up a pregnancy test and she's pregnant guys Lopez baby number two is on the way mm-hmm. so Angela's back in the car with Nyla and Nyla's all surprised you know and Angela's like I took the pill I went on with my life like I did everything that I 
could to like prevent this or whatever and she's like and somehow wesley manifested this and she's like gesturing to her stomach and nyla comes back with quite possibly one of the best lines and she's like he's a lawyer not a wizard um which i feel like we kind of need that on a shirt or something yeah (laughs) i know someone else had said we needed to make another shirt i'll have to find the tweet um because they like tagged us and said we need like they want a shirt i didn't see Um, that our notifications have been like blowing up i can't remember (laughs) now off the top of my head um i wish i could but i can't so we'll 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 work on some new stuff though yeah yeah because i came up with i have something in this outline that i'm like yeah that needs to be plastered everywhere (laughs) yeah i like to think that i'm funny sometimes and sometimes i'm not and sometimes i am so you are um but yeah so then angela's just like you know he made this happen somehow and nyla's nyla just tries to get her to look on the bright side and she's like you know siblings are fun lila loves being a big sister and angela's like it's not that though like jack just started sleeping through the night and it felt like she almost had her life back under control so they're pulled out of the conversation when like they see a target come out of the building and so they you know go to follow this guy and so angela and Nyla are walking out watching outside this club at night and angela just claims he could be doing business in there and you know they're like clubs are good at interfering with listening devices and so they're like reminiscing on their past angela's like you know i think i went dancing here a couple of times and nyla's like you know remember how we would start our nights late get home late or not at all and angela's like yeah i miss feeling like my life was my own which i almost feel like is foreshadowing something and i don't know what there's a few things that I feel like it could be foreshadowing and I don't want to speak them out to in existence. Oh, really? I but just kind I of thought it was just, I don't know. Cause I wasn't, I mean, I feel like it might've been the rookie rewatch account that was like, do we really think she's pregnant or is it like a false positive? So I just kind of thought oh. it was like, you know, like just because she, you know, is kind of, was on that train of thought of like you know wesley manifested this like i you know that i didn't really not not that she didn't want to have another baby but just not at not right now yeah yeah and so i feel like she just kind of is like the that sentiment was kind of like a loss of control yeah in a way yeah i mean you can only do what you can do and then the the body kind of does the rest (laughs) yeah I don't know. Oh my but god, I never me. even thought of that. Like, it could be a me. false it positive. Could, it could be. I mean, it could also be foreshadowing something too, because they might, you know, who knows? Elijah could just completely like drop in and, you know, implode their life once again, so. Yeah. I, mean, be, I, I don't know. know. I feel control. like there's a few things that could happen, and I I really don't want to think about that, so. But, like, the rookie's never done that to us with like potential babies so yeah i don't know i hope i don't know let's not not start that trend (laughs) yeah let's not because it's not a very nice trend it's not it's not a nice trend but i also don't want to think of the alternative so yeah i'm just gonna just gonna continue on because yeah i don't like thinking about that um 
So then Aaron like comes over to the radio and he's like, you know, I'm offering to go in, like keep an eye on them. And Angela's like, party on your own time. Like we have to be ready to move when he does. And she's never not sassy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Angela wonders just how much longer they're going to like follow this guy. And I was like, you know, giving her a questionable look. She's like, we've spent all day following him. You even miss date night. Like, come on. So Angela's like, yeah, we'll bail soon. Like, you know, just want to kind of keep an eye on him a little bit longer so in another like in another um clip or whatever we see nyla say like it's late we should go or whatever and just as she says that elijah walks outside and nyla is pissed because they've been they've been eyeing elijah all day basically and so she kicks angela out of the car after yelling at her and like turns around i'm assuming to like go follow elijah and Angela's like, well, I got a tip that Serrano was working for Elijah. So, like, technically, we were following Serrano. And she's like, you know, I knew that if I told you, it wouldn't be good. And, like, I, I don't like seeing these besties fighting. Like, my my favorite girls, I don't like to see it. Like, no. We need to keep them together. So, Angela then, like, walks up to the car that's been following them all day. Like, she's got her gun drawn. She's like, you know, put your hands outside the car or whatever. And we find out that he's working for Elijah's law firm as a private investigator. And he's, like, been keeping an eye on her. And it was his job to make sure that she didn't go anywhere near Elijah. Uh, And he's like, but she did, and you'll see my boss soon, which is Monica. And, yeah, we're not doing this. Like, She's not going to get hurt. We cannot do this. Baby number two is at stake. And so Angela like walks up to Gray, Nyla and Monica at the end of like the day or whatever. And Monica's killing Nyla and Angela with kindness, like going quote unquote off on them. Um, And Gray just like pulls her back to reality. And he's like, you know, Elisha's wagering a war that can kill countless people when he's done. And like, how can you not care about that? And Monica's like, I'm protecting my client. Like, you know, if you guys keep this all up, like, I'll have all your badges or whatever. So Angela goes to apologize to Gray and he shuts her down, like, saying that they'll deal with it tomorrow. And so Angela walks up to Nyla at the station the next day. This episode spans, like, three days for them. Hmm. I mean, judging by, like, the different outfits, the sunlight, the darkness, like, yeah. It judged like three or it went by like three days for them. So um Angela like walks up to Nyla at the station. She apologizes and she's like, you know, I'm just scared. Like I check on Jack 12 times a night, and like every time the phone rings, I worry that it's about Wesley. And Nyla's like, You're playing into Elijah's game, but Angela has to be smarter. And Nyla's like, you know, you have to know that I've got this. And so then like we go over to the Wopez house and we have another little bit of Wopez and Angela walks into the house to see Wesley and she's like don't ask me about my day or why I was out so late because I can't tell you and he just drops a bomb and he's like can you tell me why there was an OB appointment appeared on the calendar the shared account the shared calendar and yeah hot take unpopular opinion maybe i don't know but i don't like the way that she told him that she's pregnant because she was basically like we're having a baby happy now like you got what you wanted and we're having another baby like my life has to change for another nine months 
I don't know. I just didn't like that from her. I just didn't. I can understand her. Um, yeah. Like where she, like, I can understand why she, I don't know. I just feel like her frustration and anger is not misplaced, but just misdirected. It's more maybe. about, like, it's more about the timing than it is, I think, yeah. the, you know, her having another baby. Although it just, because they were literally just talking about it. Yeah. Like, um, before, you know, like the, they should think about thinking about having another child. Yeah. And Angela was like, like, try six months later or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just kind of based on that, like her, she's shocked by just the manifestation, if you will, of it. I don't know. I didn't, I mean, I understood it like where how it came out that way yeah i just don't want it to cause friction between them because they're they already have a lot on their plates to deal with yeah i don't know i mean i can see where she was like like her annoyance was misdirected like towards it was more like the timing, you know? Um, but I felt like knowing how he wanted another, I was like, okay, I feel like you could have played that a little bit different, but I also, I mean, even she had said to Nyla, like, it's not about Jack having another sibling. It's just about me, like finally having it all together or whatever. And so it's like secret, like deep down, she probably does want him to have another sibling. She's grew up with so many that like, she knows, a sibling's relationship and bond but like I don't know it was also just like not the right timing but like when are you ever you know when are you ever ready so I don't know but um but like then his glassy blue eyes like he was just like tearing up because finding out that like she's pregnant again like it was just oh my god his blue eyes I I'm not I'm gonna spare everyone the tangent about that because I literally don't have coherent thoughts on that. Um, And so he's like, you know, I know that you're not ready. And she's like, you know, yeah, the timing couldn't be worse with Elijah back in play, but you know, it's happening and they can handle it, which of course they can. They're Wopez. Like with her sass and his blue eyes, they can take on the world. So like, they've got this. (laughs) And before she like leaves the room, she's like, your vasectomy appointment is on the seventh. Like, you know we're we're taking care of this for good and he just smiles and like chuckles and yeah that's it for Wopez (laughs) what they can with her sass and his blue eyes they can take on the world oh no I just meant about the I just meant about the appointment oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'm like that that's fair (laughs) yeah I mean (laughs) heck if if it was me I'd probably be like yeah I'm scheduling this for as soon as possible like (laughs) but yeah so that's it for Wopez and then I mean we just have a little bit on the cold open because I don't know like we don't usually talk about them a whole lot but like this one had Kelly Clarkson in it so like how can we not you know um but you know she's in the cold open with balloons and flowers like getting into the hospital elevator this is the first bit of elevator 
scenes that they do. And so Selena and John come in all beaten up and then they come in two by two. It's Aaron and Wade and then Lucy and Tim. And like, Lucy's just like, I love your music. And it was like Canadian Idol and American Idol talking like it was perfect. Um, And so then like next is Angela and Nyla and like, they're all cleaned up, like they're fine. And Kelly's like, how are you you know, and she doesn't really know how to address all of them. And Nyla's like, we're detectives. And the two just have a cute little fist bump. And like, I don't know, Kelly just killed it with all, like she had very small interactions, um, but she had quite a, like they were with different members of the rookie cast. You know, it wasn't just like all interactions with Lucy or all interactions with Gray or something. Cause even Gray Wait, was that in the behind the scenes video or was that in the cold open where he was like, oh my God, I'm such a big fan. I think that was was in the behind the the scenes. scenes. Yeah, that was Richard just being like, (laughs) no, 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 like I'm the fan. (laughs) I only remember that because my friend Holly is like the biggest Kelly Clarkson fan. And she was like, I literally am Richard at that. Like I really am. I mean, same though. Like if I meet any celebrity, I'm literally just like, Hi you're great (laughs) yeah so i get it yeah that's i mean that's about it for the episode it was it was a long one i honestly felt like there was a lot going on like in the first 12 minutes i was like we've literally have four different storylines happen Mm -hmm. and like we're being taken on this roller coaster but it was Mm -hmm. good i don't know i felt like the hospital stuff went a little long and i almost feel like the Angela and Nyla stuff could have like been pushed off to another episode or something like there was balance but it was like a lot so mm-hmm. yeah but we have some listener thoughts Carrie do you want to take us through the first one yeah uh so Ricardo said when Tim is court liaison sergeant does does it mean he has to work with Chris oh I guess I wasn't thinking about that um, I don't know. And then Ricardo also asks, how will Chris find out about Chenford? She, I don't know. I don't, like, well, because, like, okay, so if Tim's working there, it's not like Lucy's gonna... Well, no, because he said that they'll see each other every day. Yeah, but I would think, like, after work. That, so... I would think after work, because, I mean, how often is she going to court for things? Yeah. I mean, I would assume I as a police officer, kind of often, but I think that's more of like a detective. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. These are interesting questions. But I also see Lucy. This is just because it's Lucy Chen. I also see her like making like a lunch for Tim, and she's like, you know, yeah, I thought I would like bring you lunch, and like we can have lunch together, and Tim and Chris finds out that way. Hmm. I, until I put this in the outline, until I put Ricardo's thought in the outline, I did not even think that, like, Tim could run into Chris. I don't know why. I think when I had heard Courtley is on Sergeant, I was, I heard that, didn't process that all the way. And then we had Chenford making out and, like, going on to do things. And I was like, yeah, so I'm not processing anything else besides that. Yeah, I, I wasn't either. I guess I wasn't thinking i did my train of thought didn't logically go oh the court system that means attorneys yeah (laughs) i just i wasn't 
I wasn't thinking. And I had kind of forgotten that people had um, either either Kanoa posted an Instagram story or did someone saw an Instagram story of like him coming back. It was no. maybe like earlier, like from last, you know, year technically. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Because I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It'll be interesting because next episode, like, you know, Lucy and Nyla are like working to get him out of that position, which like, where does Nyla come in then for it? Like, I I don't know. Like, how does Nyla get roped into that? I feel like that would be like Aaron, you know, more so than Nyla. Maybe since Angela's kind of. She's going to be at the doctor, you know, getting checked out. Yeah, well, that and she just seemed caught up in the um i don't even know whatever the heck was going on in the promo um with her i feel like she just might be and there's that and there's the wesley stuff too i don't know if it i don't know she just might be off dealing with that yeah i don't know i do kind of find it weird though that it is nyla and not like aaron because aaron's been working so closely with tim but Mm -hmm. i'm sure that it'll all work itself out it'll actually it'll be really interesting to see lucy and nyla work together more because we don't really see that except for when lucy's trying to go undercover so mm-hmm. yeah yeah ricarda had also said i'm sure tenford will use tim tests and lucy lessons when they raise their future kids please oh my god that would be hilarious that's cute Again, not even I'm with their having... future kids but like with tomorrow <laughs> And Kojo. Oh my god, could you imagine that? Oh gosh. I feel like Tamara would somewhat outsmart them a little bit. Oh yeah, she definitely would. Um, But yeah, I just, again, I haven't really thought about Tenford and kids, which I know is probably shocking, but I just still can't believe they're actually canon and dating Same. and, you know, hooking up. So, I'm just still in that uh space so but, i literally yeah. just yeah like i can't even believe like every episode that we get they up the ante but the chenford stuff and i'm like we're literally getting this right now mm-hmm. um i also haven't thought about the kids stuff though because other shows just don't do it as good so i'm just mm-hmm. like i don't really want to get my hopes up for it yeah even though the rookie has done well with it mm-hmm I still like I I don't want to get my hopes up for it. I'm living in the bliss of this Chunford right now. Like yeah. I don't want to think too far into the future with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last but not least, Ricarda said, "Love the Tim and Tamara dynamic. More scenes with them, please." Yes. Agreed. Yeah, I just really hope that we get to see them more, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. When was the last time that we saw Tamara? I feel like someone mentioned it in the listener thoughts, but I don't remember. It was early in season five. Yeah, I honestly, I feel like no, I'm thinking of 402, never mind. Um, 503, maybe? Oh my god, it's been that long. 
I mean, I she's mean, been on tour and doing other things too. Yeah, so it's been a long time. I, I mean, don't quote me on that, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely like I don't think since five oh five at least have we seen her. It was well, we last saw her when she when Lucy came back from undercover school, and that was very early season five, because she was with Chris and they were doing the coming home party or whatever. Yeah. So, um, Saw had a great storyline on partnership, especially in Wilpez, Harper, and Lopez, and Chenford. They amazingly sh- amazingly showcase about many facets of that and conclude one thing, that there will be challenges. But as long as you trust and be get, being honest with each other, you can always overcome it. Definitely. Definitely. Like, I... I loved how it focused more on the partnerships. I mean, you still had like the relationship stuff, but you definitely had like the partnerships and like the challenges and just kind of the push and pull of it. So, yeah. Yes. Valerie had said Oscar is a real piece of work. Nyla should have, uh, Nyla should have turned the car around before ripping into Angela. Oh, like not kicking her out of the car. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, my thought was like, didn't Elijah see her like get out of the car? But I guess not because he had already left. Yeah. Um, But maybe. But yeah, I mean, Oscar, oh my gosh. (laughs) Oscar is, yeah, is a piece of work for sure. Uh, Valerie's glad that her unexpected news didn't, oh, didn't deal with the episode title. Yes, we are very glad of that too. We need more Lucy lessons and that hospital needs to do a better job verifying background checks. They do. Also true. All true things. But I'm glad that John was like, oh, we need to look into this like right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's still like oblivious sometimes, but I definitely feel like he's, I don't know, being a TO is like good for him. He has his moments. Yeah. Um, Edwina had said my favorite line was Wesley is a lawyer, not a wizard. And they love Nyla and Angela's friendship and mom bond. And she said, that's all I've got. My brain is broken. Literally same. <laughs> I I tweeted the same thing today in well, response like, to Nikki. I was like, our brains are broken. Like we have nothing else to say. Yeah, well, it cracked me up that um, the writers had Nathan say something similar. Like, sorry, my brain just broke. Yeah, what did you say? I was like, wow, <laughs> that was the theme of the episode. Like, yeah. Chenford broke the internet, and then our brains were broken after all of this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was great, great all around. We yeah. survived. Yeah, not really, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> it's that incredible, like meme or whatever. Of the kid yeah. in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Megan had said, my thoughts for this episode were that all of the Chenford content was really good. I think I liked the Lucy lessons and thought they were really funny. Tamara and Gray's reactions to Chenford dating were everything I thought it would be. Yeah, they had unique reactions. Like they worked with their characters and it was, mm-hmm. you know. They were good for sure. Megan said it was so sweet of Tim to give up his position as field sergeant for Lucy as well. And I loved 
the final Trenford scene, I couldn't stop smiling. Same. Same. <laughs> yeah. I was doing a lot more than smiling. I was screaming my head off. <laughs> it's fine. I'm normal. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I'm concerned for myself sometimes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and Megan said, also, I didn't see the Wilpez baby storyline coming at all. And am so happy for them. I also like how Angela and Nyla's friendship has grown during this season. Yes. Yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Holly had said, Kelly Clarkson, my OG forever fave. That cold open was fantastic and great comedy. I only wish that we'd gotten more of her in the episode. Um, regarding Angela and Nyla, I love this strong female friendship with both being at similar stages of life, work and personal um she loves that nyla called angela out for jeopardizing everything and angela came to understand what she was doing um and she said the way that they were able to talk everything out in the end and solidify that they've always been each other that they always have each other's back was heartwarming and then regarding angela and wesley holly had said no one touches them please put them in bubble wrap and protect them and their family at all costs literally same like after the episode, Holly and I were like texting about it. I was like, I don't, I don't want this for them. So um, she said for Tamara, I believe that she may rival Aaron for Chenford ship captain. The way she called Lucy out and had the relationship figured out was perfect. And Lucy's lesson, Lucy lessons might be my new favorite thing. I really didn't think she would allow Tim to survive one shift. She said the way that Chunford was both smiling, were both willing to give up their jobs for their relationship. I just love them. Tim Bradford truly has had the best character growth of anyone. To go from by the book, follow all the rules in season one, to now is so fulfilling. The man is head over heels in love, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. The final scene was everything. However, we were robbed by that door closing. I can only hope we pick up next week's episode the morning after. Yes. <laughs> We kind of saw, like, some of the, when the door closed, like, because the door is clear, but, like, it was blurry and not as clear. So, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, frosted. It was, what, the frosted door or whatever? Yeah, we deserve to see the morning after. Alexi, Holly, I know the episode's already filmed, but, like, give us that morning after. And I don't necessarily want it in a sneak peek because I don't want to be spoiled with it, you know? Yeah. But they know what they're doing with with putting out Chenford sneak peeks. Like they know what they're doing. The last few episodes have been Chenford sneak peeks videos, mm-hmm. not just like the graphics. So mm-hmm. they know what they're doing there. But mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. Blessed Turtlehead said, Tomorrow's back. Haven't seen her since 503. Yes, I was right. There we go. I knew that someone had said it, but as awesome. I'm scrolling, I was like, I can't find it right now. So awesome. Sorry. Okay. Um they said i missed her and her witty commentary she wasted no time calling lucy out on her relationship with tim and i love her for that i hope we see a lot more of her in 5b yes same and blessed her also said lopez is pregnant again that's great i mean the timing could not be worse but i am personally ecstatic harper was a true friend this episode she was supportive and comforting to angela when she spiraled a bit about the pregnancy, saved Angela's badge with her quick thinking, and and assured her that everything was going to be fine, and that she's going to eventually get Elijah. 
and I believe her. Don't don't bet against Harper. Truer that. words were never spoken. Maybe we should make that a design too. Honestly, yeah. Because she, yeah. she's just a boss. Like She is. Love Nyla. We love her. Uh, Nolan and Selena were fine. Loved seeing Oscar again. His back and forth dynamic with Nolan whenever he shows back up is always great to watch. The Surger storyline went on just a bit too long in their opinion, but it was still overall entertaining. And finally, there's Chenford. It is a straight-up miracle that they've managed to keep this hidden from everyone at the station this long. They are so freaking obvious. They have no personal space, and their flirty banter is off the charts. I mean, yeah, okay. That sounds like that sounds like what you were saying earlier, Jennifer. Like, you have no idea about how no one else could know. I mean, like, they work with a bunch of cops who figure <laughs> out and solve crime. Like, it's not that hard and like smitty for god's sakes works there like the man literally could be like filming a tiktok or a clip talk as he says and like catch them in the background and then i bet when he posted that everyone's like what's going on with the two cops in the background like please that that would be how they would be outed let's be real here hilarious my god yeah i don't know how like i mean I knew that they wouldn't be able to keep it a secret for that long. Like, I knew that. Because that's just how it goes in TV shows. But I didn't think it would only be three episodes. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't one of them that outed. Like, or that found out first. I mean, Tim did out them to Gray. But, like, Gray was even like, yeah, I knew. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gray knows all. Let's be real. He is the watch commander. He has eyes on everything and everyone. (laughs) So. Yes. Yeah, and speaking of, uh, Bless Turtle's final uh, note was that Gray knew and he did the most amazing job of not smiling when Tim finally told him. And Tim has fallen hard. He took a desk job without a second thought to keep Lucy at Mid-Wilshire. He never did anything remotely close to this level of self-sacrifice for anyone else, and yet he did it for her. It's only been three episodes of them officially dating, and she called it the most amazing relationship she's had. And all they'd all they'd done up to that point is kiss. Oh my gosh, so true. Yeah. Oh, they're just so in love with each other. I just they are. <laughs> They've got it so bad for each other. I mean, they're down bad. Let's be real. But okay, I just thought about this now. Tim like hates paperwork right it was shown in the one episode where like you know Lucy was like well why don't you just have Smitty do the paperwork or whatever and Tim's (laughs) like he claims that he's allergic to paper um I would assume that this position would have a lot of paperwork yeah because he's like working with the court or whatever but I don't know so yeah I mean because they have court reporters that'll you know obviously transcribe everything but I don't know if it's since he's you know being a liaison if he has to you know go back and forth and kind of yeah just kind of wear a bunch of hats so to speak who knows but honestly i am here for it let's get let's bring it on we'll find out (laughs) and there was nothing really shown with chenford in the promo so who knows like is tim's is tim's uniform still the same i would think so 
or is it like some different type of uniform like i'm i'm honestly just here for it give me all of the chenford and give me all of the angst because they're not working in the same building yes but that's about it for the rookie though i mean unless we have any other notes i feel like i've gotten everything out (laughs) that's coherent (laughs) so yeah same here it's time for the rookie feds now (laughs) let's talk about vampire cop (laughs) they really should have just titled it that although i appreciate their like play on words yeah the title for 112 which is out for blood so honestly 112 like i don't know i i like the true crime episodes Mm -hmm. but sometimes they just like lose my interest this one kind of did i love i love episodes like this this is like my favorite thing ever I love that they like interview, but I I don't know. Like I said before, I think it was because this one was just because it was like some random case that I was like, I don't have any interest in this or like any stake in it. But like the one with the rookie, like that they did one time where it was like based on previous cases that they did, or even the one with Aaron where they were focusing on him. I was kind of like, okay. But I don't know. It just, I think it'll take a second rewatch for me to be like, oh yeah, this is, because at one point they were like focusing on Brendan and then they like went over to Laura and yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of like, okay, this, I don't know, was kind of losing my interest, but I was also like, let me learn more about my favorite characters. So <laughs> yeah. Continue though. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, well, originally they, Oh my god, just Smitty. Oh my god. <laughs> Smitty. I can't even believe that he was like just right there in the beginning of the episode. I was like, what in the world? I mean, I like how they started off. We saw a little bit of that sneak peek with Simone being like, okay, like I'm gonna show you how to put this, you know, mic on and like mm-hmm. how to do this and fix the lighting and all this stuff. Um but anyway, and um smitty then they panned over to smitty in a little bit and he was the one that like called in the fbi on this case because you know he was filming this reality show well his reality show (laughs) pilot i should say called smitty's streets this man is interesting to say the least it was so funny um and while he was filming or recording uh he saw a body in the distance and was like holy shit (laughs) i love how they bleep out words too even though like they're not really saying at least i don't think they're saying it but it just cracks me up like stuff like that too yeah um but anyway yeah and so that's how they um the fbi comes to know their uh victim who was dante smith and he had disappeared for eight months before his body was actually found apparently he'd only been dead for about 24 hours though and he had come to LA hoping to become an actor and like oh my gosh Brendan was just such a such a sweet man because he was like don't say that he you know was not a good actor he's you know he's dead now like don't say that and Simone's like I'm sorry but and I was just like oh like I literally love Brendan Akers with all that I have like as evidenced by 
the tangent in the last episode. <laughs> just so nice. He just, you know, he just all the positivity. The man like cannot say one negative thing, really. I did love seeing Simone and Brendan's dynamic though in these interviews because oh, yeah, it was so good. She was kind of cynical in a way and he was still remaining positive so mm-hmm. it was cute it was good yeah um and so their victim dante he was um drained of all his blood like we saw that in the promo like they had mentioned that and then we cut over to smitty though and he literally just can't say the word exsanguination which i mean i understand i could barely well I mean, I'm I'm a decent speller, uh, but it's still like it's tricky to spell, tricky to say. I get it, um, but yeah, poor Smitty was struggling, um, and then we cut over to Garza, and he was telling the interviewer that the blood coagulates after death, um, but in this case, the victim was drained of the blood, and then so hmm now who could they call that knows a little bit about this like obviously um that's where you know brendan comes in and we'll get into a little bit of like the vampire cop stuff later a little bit um but so the and then laura and carter are being interviewed together which was also fun to see i just because they like I don't know. In a way, Carter was a little more sunshiny, I guess, yeah. or just a little bit like more hyped up. To, yeah, like do the interview, I guess. He was a little bit more like Brendan in a way because there were yeah. times when he was like, "Well, don't even get me started on that." Like, I love <laughs> that or whatever. Yeah, and Laura was very much like serious about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Laura had worked up a profile on Dante and had thought originally that he was a drug user and he'd lived on the streets, but obviously they threw that theory out the window after the toxicology report came back because he was clean, like no drugs in his system and in perfect health. So they were back to square one as far as profiling their killer. And then I don't know, like the the interviewer was kind of, playing devil's advocate in this episode in yeah because he just kept like pushing for information and i liked how garza confronted mm-hmm. uh, him about it later in the episode but just because the interviewer first was like well brendan you knew dante and it's literally one photograph of brendan at a nightclub and dante's in the background literally not you know like there's no they're not standing next to each other right not you know like brendan's looking at the camera dante's like just in the you know in the background like just it's just they're not in the i mean they're in the same photo together but they're not it's not like they're interacting yeah and brendan was totally smoldering in that (laughs) <laughs> like I, I just have to point that out. I always wonder how they like get those. Like, is that just like a ra- like an actual photo they like pulled from Kevin, right? Or is it like you know they had to like do that? Like they and, Photoshop like, it, so, yeah, or Photoshop or have them pose for. It. I don't know. I just always love stuff like that. I don't know because sometimes you can totally tell when they Photoshop stuff. Like there was something that I was watching and it was like, oh, that's totally Photoshopped because you totally see like the cutout of the actor's head as a kid and then like on some 
random kid's body. But I forgot what I was watching to see that. I don't know. But yeah, it just sometimes you can tell when they're photoshopped. And then other times I'm like, I can't even decide if they took that or if they just photoshopped it. So kudos to them for killing it if they did photoshop it. Yeah. Um, And so obviously Simone, you know, backs him up and is like, if he says he doesn't know him, he doesn't know him. And then cut over to which I thought was absolutely hilarious that this the woman was a podcaster slash vampire conspiracy theorist <laughs> named Mystique. I was like, wow. Like, yes. I mean, that works. Yeah. And she had disagreed saying, like, he's for sure a vampire. Like, there has to be something up with, you know, Brendan. Like, he, you yeah. know, no one can, you know, act that well and just, you know, play that role like he can but it just i mean that quickly they quickly like backed off of that theory despite the uh mystique's insistence yeah and so they did end up having one suspect in mind uh named anders huxley because he has an extensive rap sheet and he i just thought it was funny like he only went out at night which i get Laura was saying is an opportune time to bury a body. Um, but also, aren't like vampires nocturnal? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They go out at night. Yeah. Like they, and they hate, like they can't, you know, not that they like melt in the daylight or anything, but like, you yeah. know, it's like the, they, you know, hate the daylight. Um, so I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. That or they turn really pale like Edward Cullen yeah. did. Yeah. Um, and so they, well, the feds actually go to, like, raid his house, essentially, and because they want to talk to him. And it turns out that he has uh, porphyria, which is, is actually a blood disorder that it affects the skin. You get a severe aversion to sunlight. There can be gum recession, which can lead, can lead to the like appearance of fangs in your teeth um and it's also known as vampire's disease and so anders is like just because i'm different like you guys are coming in and accusing me of stuff and like he insists that he didn't um you know that he didn't kill dante and he has an alibi he was flying back from work trip and oh my god i just thought it was so funny like of all the professions uh it turns out that anders is a children's book author yes (laughs) and he even gave the fbi signed copies of his books (laughs) dude carter was so excited about that i was like chill like you're totally fanboying for a criminal right now (laughs) i was was like this does not make sense it was so funny and I just thought it was absolutely hilarious too when the interviewer was like, Can federal employees get gifts? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> no, they actually can't. Like I would I would know. <laughs> like I am I am in that classification of employment and no, <laughs> we can't. Um <laughs> so it was I just thought it was funny. Um anyway, so they they cross Anders off the suspect list. 
and the interview like cuts over to Garza and he was talking about how the MO of their current killer that they're trying to find uh had commonality with the Canyon killer and that was a serial killer case that the FBI knew of but then I just love how Garza was like yeah but he couldn't have done it because he's in prison Mm-hmm. Like, he just, like, cut that off right there. He was like, yeah, no. And uh, the Canyon Killer was put in prison by none other than Miss Laura Stenson and Mr. Mark Atlas. And I didn't know that Mark was actually back. Because, like, I, I didn't know. watch it live. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was, like, having a fit. Because <laughs> I love, I like them a lot. Mark. I liked his intro, too, when like no one kind of saw it coming and then it was like the yeah. camera just like shot over to him and i was yeah. like oh mark's back and he's like interviewing with laura i was like oh this yeah. is gonna be good this is gonna be good yeah it was so great and like their bickering is the same as always like they just kind of pick up where they usually leave off whenever they have interactions yeah um and so Laura goes into explaining that the Canyon Killer's first victims were found in the Hollywood Hills in 2018, and they were found and drained of blood before being buried. And I just thought it was interesting. I don't, it's not quite a parallel, but just, um, cause like in the shoot, what was it? 210 of the rookie, um, like Tim was on duty when like Rosalind you know her first victims were found and like Lucy was in college and remembers mm-hmm. reading about it and being all freaked out and then like yeah yeah feds and like Brendan was living in LA at the time so like he was freaked out mm-hmm. um so much so that you know uh he and his buddies stopped going out to clubs because they they fit the like victim profile and just oh my god when he put his head in his hand because he realized he like said too much I lost my mind because it was just absolutely perfect because Simone kind of side-eyed him too (laughs) (laughs) it was just great it was great and it kind of it cuts back and forth a little bit here um you go back to Laura and Mark for a second and you know, they were kind of, they were actually complimenting each other for once. And I was like, oh, I like this because they're like, oh no, well you, you know, you got this, you got this. And like, it was just nice to actually be nice to each other for once. Um, And so they had kind of, they were talking about the Canon Killer and how they had kind of worked up a profile, like both together um, and said that the person was probably attractive like himself and worked in the same uh like industry as his victims and they caught a break when forensics found a purple wig which was a like a signature uh headpiece and laura and mark tracked that to gulliver ferris who was arrested on one of those Hollywood guided tour buses, which I just thought was also kind of funny because, like, when I went to LA, I like did probably like four or five of those tours. <laughs> so it just brought me back. I was like, wow, yep. 
Um, yeah, so they arrested Bolivar and it then like because there was like you know footage of that arrest and then it actually goes to gulliver in the present day um he's sitting in jail obviously and he insists that laura framed him and he says that he has proof and even like the interviewer is kind of convinced and is like the evidence is damning like and he tells laura this too like yeah. laura and mark and she's like what the heck are you guys talking about like you know um you the footage oh my god <laughs> just the oh my gosh just hilariously acted footage by Britt. yeah uh, i mean laura's just having a meltdown yelling on Definitely. the phone about her fiance cheating on her with her best friend and, and the way that she's just like standing up she's like bending over at the end like yeah. oh my god it was just it was like a workplace tantrum yeah like if you were like too anxious or like overwhelmed by work but like it wasn't even about work for her it was about her personal life yeah and she was just like you like you know piece of you know and then that word's bleeped out and then like you know pretty (laughs) much just like every every curse word i'm sure you know was quote unquote said this episode Um, had to be so much fun for for brett had to be and i am brendan i mean it had to be fun for all of them yes Mm-hmm. yeah and so that's that's the so-called damning evidence is that you know her personal life was in shambles like god like god forbid someone have you know <laughs> trouble like oh my gosh <laughs> it just, like i was just like oh come on like that's the best you can do like yeah no, no one i was so i was just like no no one frames laura stenson she's a perfect human being and can do no wrong in my eyes so no <laughs> like I was not having it I was like heck no, no. oh um, my gosh it was it was good though and like just the way that Laura handled it, it was like yes queen go yes no it was good for sure and Gulliver was like oh well you know that Mark helped her you know frame me because they're hooking up and then cut over to Mark and Laura they're trying to I mean, not like, not like flat out deny, but just like, they're just like, nah, like, nah. Laura like, literally got up this. and she's like, I'm out. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. She was like, uh, no, I'm done. So, <laughs> um, she, which it was funny. Cause I kind of told, I think I was talking to Nikki. Um, and I was like, it'd be so funny if she just like gets up and like walks out. Cause she's like, so done with it. But I just, I thought this is when I thought like, uh her and brendan were gonna be interviewed and i thought she'd be like walking out if he like you know got too into the vampire cop stuff yeah but still i was partially right she got yeah you did call it so i just yeah (laughs) um but she she kind of like mumbled to mark like okay you're gonna you can come over here with me now yeah and so they're stepping away from the cameras um unbeknownst to them the cameras are still filming and while laura took her like microphone and like mic pack off mark did not so the cameras caught them saying that even though they weren't hooking up while they were partners on the canyon killer case they're now hooking up like obviously everyone knows this just you know now yeah anyone that could possibly watch this documentary will know it too (laughs) so it was just oh my gosh it just cracks me up and then literally my favorite part of the whole entire episode oh my god 
literally my favorite part i felt bad for him but i was also like please keep this going i just oh my god it just i mean first of all like the emphasis he was like i just wasn't expecting i guess the emphasis to be on like mark but like it'd be mm-hmm. weird if he said like my laura but still right. it was kind of funny that he said like my atlas and laura i was like brendan what are you doing <laughs> like so like shocked and sad about it too i was like you literally met him so far once <laughs> that we know of like yeah and well, you're acting like you your bffs they like talk you know and like they yeah they number and all this stuff you know and they were on the phone you know and the uh, mid-season finale and they you know yeah but like, like as far as like being get... on screen together we've really yeah. only seen them once so mm-hmm. that's true yeah um but it was oh my god it was just so funny and I just I literally like paused I was watching this on Hulu for doing notes for tonight and I literally paused just so I could laugh because when Simone was like I'm on team Laura and she's finally getting some and then Brendan was just like so pure he's like when you say getting some do you mean he literally just claps his hands together and I was like dude you can't do that I mean you can but like you can't it's too it's too much for me I solely want to go back and watch all of Brendan's like interview segments because I was live tweeting so I missed some of it um but yeah it was oh my god (laughs) when he when he was like my atlas and Laura and I was like oh Brendan's jealous oh this is gonna be good because I mean, he's got Antoinette right now. Like, but I mean, how, when was the shot in terms of him and Antoinette? Like, was it before they really got together or after? Like, who knows? But oh my gosh, it was so good. Well, and he just cracks me up because he's like, why didn't he tell me? Because it's like, obviously, like, Laura's not going to tell him. Like, why would she? She doesn't have to. Um, But it just cracks (laughs) me up because I'm like, I was kind of surprised though that like it didn't, like, I don't know, just because when mark was originally like in the first episode he was in he was the one that asked about like laura's love life and then brendan yeah. was gonna speak up and be like well no 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 she's not like you know doing this that and the other thing and i was like okay so I'm like why i just don't know how it didn't get brought up between yeah those two but anyway you know and then simone obviously calling him out and being like somebody's jealous like i can't like simone's doing the absolute most and i love that so I loved Simone's lines in this because there was another one where she was like, if you're hot, you're hot. If you're not, you're not like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, she's, she's good. an icon. She's an icon. Yes. It was great. And so things kind of took a turn in the case when the Emmy called 911 because someone stole Dante's body. Like literally, like just took it right out of the morgue. And cut back over to Smitty. He's still going with his vampire theory. Like, you know, Dante's a vampire. He took off. Like, I'm like, Smitty, no. And (laughs) so obviously I was glad when Carter was like, heck no, someone broke in and stole it. Um, And their suspect, whoever it is, they don't know who it is yet, impersonated a morgue attendant and even though he covered his face he didn't cover the license plate of his car so they ran it and they got a hit so their body snatching suspect is jake alberts and he actually had dante's body in his freezer gross yeah (laughs) Um, but it made for an easy 
well, somewhat of an easy case. And so the, the documentary gave a little bit of background on Jake um, that they filled in and was like, you know, he moved to LA from Montana and spent a year trying to make it as a model. And then, you know, as quite a few actual celebrity stories go, he was, you know, plucked from obscurity. And so, you know, he got his 15 minutes. And this is where we find out that he even dated Layla Laughlin, uh, who is the founder of Untold Cosmetics, which is who Donna Mills was playing uh, in this episode for Feds. <clears throat> and so when Jake hit 30, his modeling days were kind of shot and uh, his Hollywood fame was fading fast, especially when Layla left him for Dante. So obviously there's motive and then, you know, dumping the body showed guilt. Uh, and they were able to make the case stronger because they found traces of Dante's DNA and uh jake had dante's blood on him like not only like under his fingernails which is a common place but all over his arms his face and his chest but then this is where it got weird and like weird i don't just i don't know because i'm like a makeup person and i like skincare stuff so i was just like weirded out i was like no (laughs) like i don't want to hear it um So, the whole reason, basically, that Dante was drained of blood in the first place was because it had been infused into Untold Cosmetics' De Leon anti-aging cream. Yeah. Ill. Yeah. Ill. I mean, there's, like, a lot of, like, medical and, like, cosmetic stuff they can do. Like, I learned that working for a clinic but it's gross when you like actually read more into it yeah well it's literally like when I um heard that when they brought that point up I was like literally all I could think about is Kim Kardashian's vampire facial when she had like the blood all over her face and I was like that's all I think of and it weirds me out yeah which like if you're into that by all means you know but like yeah I don't know it to me I'm like there's a point where you go too far I'm like I don't know I think a lot of it though they do it with your own blood like they take blood from a different spot and like inject it somewhere else into your own body like they're not like mixing but still I mean I don't know I mean to each their own I just wasn't expecting the story to go there though because I was like what does blood have to do with makeup (laughs) I was like you know I just I wasn't saying the connection but yeah there it is um or skincare rather i should say yeah um but anyway so dante had an exceptionally rare blood type known as rh null which is uh also known as golden blood i literally love how brendan knew everything that they were talking about he's like vampire cop taught me it Uh vampire cop like i know it from vampire cop i'm like dude what Yep. He just, he had a lot of screen time and like flexing his knowledge. I'm like, we need more of this mm-hmm. for every Feds episode, please. More of this. Yep. I mean, I'm just a Brendan Aker stand, but like I will stand <laughs> up for him and like fight 
fight for my life for them yeah (laughs) yeah uh and so only 40 people on the planet have it well it's now 39 since dante is uh passed and so carter and simone are questioning layla and basically are like listen lady you did this and they were like he didn't count on the mudslide making the body resurface and she's like i literally don't know like what you're talking about and but i mean they do have the evidence that the fifty thousand dollar payment was made to jake to steal the body like steal it back to conceal the evidence so like they have that too um but they don't have anything that's like directly tying her to like dante like his body mm-hmm. and so they were still trying to search for evidence to tie layla to the murder and simone and carter had went to her house and i'm assuming like her housekeeper answered the door or like someone that worked for her uh yeah. and just she they opened the door and uh they were like they're fighting and simone is like who's they and the they in question is uh, Layla and her son, Chance. And so Chance was, you know, her, you know, the son that worked for her in the company and, you know, wanted to make the company money. And so he did this to kind of boost sales and increase demand for all these products but he did it by putting human blood, including Dante's, into the cosmetic cream. And Layla figured it out after Simone and Carter interviewed her. But instead of telling them, she went to go confront her son. And that's how she ended up being shot by him. Because like Carter and Simone were outside. They heard a gunshot and then they went in and got a chance to drop the gun. But it was too late like Layla had there was like a little news segment um that said she had you know uh passed and so Chance had been working on trying to isolate the anti-aging power of blood but when he met Dante he kind of just like you know followed the money as it were and it wasn't like yes the the kidnapping and holding him hostage were crimes but technically Mm -hmm. the death was accidental because one day he took too much blood from dante and poor dante had a heart attack and he died of course this case was just like i mean it was just like news new lead after new lead and like uh new finding i mean yeah it's just crazy yeah, well, because then I wasn't even thinking about it, though, until they said it. Because, like, since Dante was dead, he would have needed new blood supply. So he, mm-hmm. like, literally used a group, like, for the rare blood type and contacted a um, girl named uh, Kumiko. So he was holding prisoner in his house. And I was like, dude, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, I just, I can't. Like, he oh my god you just made it so much worse um but luckily the uh feds got there in time and saved her so that was good um 
And I just thought it was so nice that Garza was like proud of his team. And I mean, obviously he should be. They did a good job. Um and I think, yeah, it was at the end when Garza was like, Nope, I'm done talking. I don't care. Get out. Like yeah. he just didn't want to finish. Like he finally he had enough of them. Mood. Yeah. Such I a- will say that I'm kind of surprised that he put up with it more than like Gray did. Like he tolerated mm-hmm. it more. Yeah. Same with like Nyla and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know how I mean, of course, it was an opportunity, you know, because he got to talk about, you know, because the interviewer was like, tell me about your, you know, specialized unit. And then he yeah. got to, you know, say how he chose everyone because they're mm-hmm. outside the box thinkers and all that. It definitely gave like, us more backstory for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was kind of a good, like, thing for him in a way. Mm-hmm. Oh, and maybe it's because he has to be more relaxed, you know? Because, like, yeah. Elena was always on him about, like, you can't, you know, let things stress yes. you out. So he probably has to let it roll off his shoulders, even if he is probably literally, like, cringing and is like, get yeah. out, please. I don't want to talk anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was he was uh, nicer in terms of, you know, how Laura was at the end. Yeah, course, for sure. I can't really blame her though. <laughs> but honestly, though, like I said, I think I had said when we were just like chatting before this, like I'm surprised Laura didn't smack Mark upside the head because yeah, um, he was being a little like dumb in yeah. that. I was like, take off your camera, come on. Yeah, it was crazy because it like just cuts over. They're like kissing in the well. I said gallery, but I didn't really know what the heck to call it. Like the upper part of the. Yeah, because it's not like a loft. Building, yeah. It's like um, a walkway. Yeah. And Mark's mic is on again. So the camera saw and heard everything. And so I really can't blame Laura. Oh, wait, I think that might have been it to put on the shirt was the get a life. Maybe. Honestly, I need. So I, I was know. thinking that last night, but Maybe. I also need a gif of that. Mm, true. Like her, her entire line. I yeah. need I need a gift. And the rookie and rookie feds hasn't been giving us gifts this season. No. Like I'm missing yeah. it. Yeah. Because there's been so many gifable moments. Yeah. That I need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's like, get a life. And then just pause. Douchebag. Stupid. I hate this documentary. Like just just brilliant and just yeah. oh my god. I can't. And, you know, because we started with Smitty, we end with Smitty. In I mean, episode. that's only the logical option, you know? I just, his whole entire locker was full. At the station, where the heck is he going to put anything else? Like, what about his clothes to, like, change back into? Yeah. What about, like, just anything out? Literally, a whole entire freaking locker was full of the rest of the De Leon cream. Like, I, yeah. I need like a continuation of it because was he gonna sell it at the district and like upsell? Oh god. <laughs> Did you imagine turn- that? Well, but it would turn into another thing like how Nolan's mom did, and it was like this, you know, the poisonous, toxic yeah. stuff that she sold. I'm like, no, Smitty, no. I could okay. see Smitty trying to sell it though to like Tim or Gray and being like, You're not old, or <laughs> you know, like you're showing like a little wrinkles or something. Like this would help. And Smitty just like keeps putting his foot like further into his mouth. Yeah. That would be that would be a storyline that I would love to see. Love to see it. Yeah. So I wonder if like 
I mean, obviously this is like in the white space, like we would never know, but like, would the, would the FBI agents go back and watch this true crime episode to like, see what, like Brendan would go back and see what Carter and Laura and Garza all had to say, or like, do we think that they would just film it and not even like watch it back? I feel like Brendan would want to because he does like to hear what other people think about him. Yeah. Laura, I, feel I like think, he would, would want to burn wanna... it. Yeah. So <laughs> Brendan, I think, would want to see his bestie Mark and be like, true. that's my Atlas. Also true. <laughs> but he might yeah. not know that he's part of it. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know either. I think Carter would go back and watch it solely so that he can just like geek out over himself being on TV. Yeah. And just something. be like, I said Bigfoot. I yeah. have it on camera. There, it has to be a thing now. Everyone should listen to me. Like, that's what I think of he was, when I think of Carter. He was so serious with that. He said that with his entire chest. And I was like, Carter, calm down. Like, yeah. calm because, down. And he was, because he was like, even with the vampire thing, he was like, my ex-wife lived in New Orleans and I, you know, lived down there with her. And like, I had seen everything about it. And like, you know, so I know this stuff. And I'm just like, dude, take a chill pill. Yeah. <laughs> calm down a little bit. I feel like. Elena would go back and watch it like she wasn't in it obviously so I feel like she would go back and watch it to just solely like roast them all on it like at some point or at least roast like Brendan and Laura on it I mean or geek out about the vampire cop stuff though yeah it was fun to see the like well footage the whole show within a show thing like not confused me but just it was a lot because like you had literally like fake a fake victim right in it but then you know to play into their real life victim and like actors playing actors and i mean it had to have been a lot of work like for Mm -hmm. kevin and stuff but Mm -hmm. i mean i would think that it was a lot of fun for them to do i'm sure Mm -hmm. definitely and so speaking of vampire cop we just had a little bit about that you know all the all the brendan mentions in that vein my favorite vampire i wasn't really into the twilight stuff so i wasn't either to be honest i had to be late like to the game i had to be like dragged to see the first movie <laughs> <laughs> kid you not i think like, i watched the first movie maybe the second and then i was like yeah no i just was not into it i was team jacob for sure but i was like i'm not gonna watch these movies i feel like i saw all of them i just really can't i've like blocked it out of my mind i didn't even really <laughs> read the books because i was like oh heck this no is... i didn't read the book no no nope. this is a lot that's unusual for you too because you're more like i'm gonna read the book and then see the movie i know but i just i don't really i don't like supernatural or like uh-huh fantasy like i can do some sci-fi but like it would just depend on the type of yeah fantasy I'm also late to like the hype stuff. So like if everything's hyped up, I'm like, yeah, I'm late to that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm and not like, really into sci-fi and like fantasy and supernatural either. So it was just kind of yeah. like, eh. like, I don't, I don't know if it's maybe just cause like, I didn't watch vampire diaries either, which I know is a big thing. I tried to watch that and um, didn't get into it around the same time. I mean, I love Nina Dobrev to death. Um, That's why I tried but, to start it. Yeah. Same. And I think it's just the, the just the blood aspect and like literally people like sucking blood. Like it's just it's bizarre, yeah. and I don't want to think about it. 
So, but anyway. Um, but we will I just need everything to be realistic. <laughs> yeah. And to mm-hmm. me, vampires are not. Yeah. Which is odd because I love drama drama TV so much. Which, mm-hmm. but that's sometimes realistic. So. Yeah. I don't know. Vampire Cop though has my heart. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even like that. I couldn't even. I mean, not like I was like squeamish or anything because I wasn't. But I was just like, I didn't even like seeing like kevin as joker like run up to the uh guy and like bite his neck i was like no yeah. <laughs> like i don't want to see it no, yeah no. there was a lot of different like names and stuff in this episode like i didn't even catch that his name was stoker at first yeah i was just focused on brendan acres being a vampire <laughs> cop yeah honestly what i don't know if like we ever knew uh jordana brewster's character's name like I she don't... was just kind of there yeah it was like his co-star but i don't think i don't think brendan ever said her character name nor did like she get introduced really i don't know but anyway um so obviously he's an expert on bloodsuckers due to his six years playing stoker ramsey on vampire cop and we had the little flashback like we had mentioned uh with jordana and we got to see Brendan's TV days and we saw him do this blood memory trick, which is what like some of the promo photos were. I was like, I really, cause I didn't know what was going on in those uh, promo photos. I was like, why is he just like leaning back? Like, is he doing mm-hmm. some kind of like, just like odd? Like I just didn't know what was going on. Um, and so it like, it made him once he had a bit of the blood from the scene like he could see what occurred uh Mm -hmm. well in the tv crime scene and that was like their victim lars was a tech startup guy and he was killed for his phone and um and so it like cuts back over and like we see like brendan and simone and like brendan's being all shy and he's like not one to talk about himself so then like Simone kind of does it for him and is like this guy he you know was nominated for two people's choice awards and he won an MTV award for best kiss and he's like yeah yeah I know but still and and then she's like he went to Transylvania he read up on all the you know all of this stuff to you know prepare for the role like he knows his stuff um and so he's kind of just like yeah okay sure yeah um and we got to see another flashback to Vampire Cop where, like I said, didn't really like watching it. But Brendan, as Stoker, um, you know, drains the blood from the bad guy, effectively killing him. Yeah. And it was, I mean, I'm I'm assuming it was supposedly to show how he, like, could be a vampire to, like, prove Mystique's theory since it was yeah. shown right after she was on camera. Um, okay, but literally the one part i didn't like though about like the you know kind of brendan's life slash vampire cop was literally his father like why did miles have to be there yeah yeah like oh my god i just like we'll see it just because of his first comment like the Mm -hmm. undercutting that he made about brendan's mom like draining him of his finances and i'm like dude why like literally asked about if brendan was a vampire not that that's like a 
not that that's a rational question but um mm-hmm. you know it like literally it was like not about his mom not about any like what like ugh, just rude like I didn't appreciate it I mean I could understand the like word play that they were using but yeah still, I was like no 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 let's not bring up the mom um but I do want to learn more about his mom no I do too I know I want to like I like kind of want a little bit more of like the family dynamic mm-hmm. between Brendan and Miles and you know more mentions of his mom and yeah just because we know that his dad wasn't that. good so yeah, like was his mom like yeah. I just want to know well because he had mentioned that like I think his mom left right like he was telling Laura that when they were trying mm-hmm. to chase down the reaper I think yeah when they were going to get his dad uh from like holding I don't know but just yeah so I was just not liking that comment and then literally what the what the heck what was with the teeth like why? that was so gross they weren't even his I think I was that was like, even grosser than no. the blood and the makeup I mean yeah a little bit I was just like no and he was so nonchalant about it he was like yeah I got them off the internet I'm like what no yeah, like, no why? why um I mean so I was kind of glad Brendan got him out of the interview before he could do too much damage yeah and I just thought it was kind of I don't really know in what context this was supposed to be because he's like Miles was like so enthused by the possibility you know to get Brendan back into the zeitgeist and he's like I don't want to be in the zeitgeist anymore no I don't want to and like so I was googling the word because I had like heard the word before but Mm -hmm. I didn't really know like the meaning it's supposed to be like a spirit or mood that reflects like a time period um or something in a time period so I'm assuming in this case that the zeitgeist refers to like cultural norms of Hollywood maybe so like Brendan could be seen as relevant again well like Miles wanted him to be seen as relevant even though Brendan doesn't want anything to do with that life anymore I don't know though if someone else has an idea do tell me I like to chat about words that I don't really know but (laughs) I just I like to research things like that it's just I don't I don't know but yeah because I'm sure yeah I don't know I could honestly I could dive into like the sociological or like psychological components of that but anyway I will not because literally like they cut over and the next thing is like Laura can say with the utmost certainty that Brendan's not a vampire because she's his training agent like and I just love how Britt delivered the line she's like and a rational human being (laughs) like obviously yes he's not a vampire I love how she said it because it was almost like a dig to Carter because he's yeah, well, yeah, talking about sitting, Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah, right next to her. And it's like, you got Carter over here who wants to talk about Bigfoot again. So it's like, <laughs> there you go. You it's know, so funny. Just two opposites and it's cracked me up. Okay, and- so you know who I need in a scene together is Laura and Angela. I feel like we might have oh already God. said that, yeah. but I really need their sass and like no BS in one scene together. Maybe even yeah. Nyla too, honestly. That would be fun. Yeah. I could see it. Cause like usually I feel like we've already a lot kind of killer of cases had it in a way, but I need more of it if we have. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, that would be good. And like you said, of course, you know, Brendan knew everything there is to know because of vampire cop so he knew about the you know the rarest blood type and because apparently there was a 
you know, bad guy in season four of Vampire Cop who was known as Golden Boy. And he was the one that fed on the R.H. Null blood. And apparently the guy also killed his character Stoker, but then he regenerated and came back to life. So all was good. And he just like looks at Simone and he's like, you said you watched the show. And she's like, oh yeah, no, I have, but just, you know. And then just like trailed off because she, cause she like obviously, you know, didn't watch like every single episode. Yeah. But it just cracks me up because she was like, You've seen this show, right? You know how good it is. And she just, you know, deflects. And <laughs> I just, oh my God, it was just so funny. Cause like, I mean, not gonna lie, I have done that before where like I said I have watched something and I literally have no idea what the person's talking about. Yeah. Like literally no idea. And I just have to sit there and be like, uh huh yeah yeah no that was great and i just i have zero idea <laughs> i had done that a couple of times so it, it was a mood and yeah yeah it was just nice to see like their dynamics switched up like yeah well not dynamics but just pairings like mm-hmm. you know we had carter and laura this time and simone and brendan and because like we don't usually get them alone a whole lot at least for carter and laura and it was nice to like have them alone and like kind of just recapping the case so yeah it was good yeah um we do have a couple of listener thoughts uh the first one from lala she said they said honestly one of the best episodes of the rookie feds and i'm biased because i'm a huge brendan acres fan so i was really excited to see clips of vampire cop uh crime sucks same same i'm a huge yeah. brendan acres fan stan I love that behind the scenes video that they did of like everyone saying crime yeah. sucks. <laughs> I was like, I I was like, wow, I didn't know two words could be said so many different ways. I know. <laughs> to be honest, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. And then blessed. Well, maybe we turtle. should make our sorry, maybe we should make merch then if the rookie feds doesn't come out. Yes. With merch, maybe we Dude, let's make merch. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, we've came out with we've came up with so many good. Yes. merch ideas sorry right, continue I'm, I just I'm writing that. that down I'm <laughs> writing that down okay um so blessed turtle had said I've never been the biggest fan of the quote-unquote true crime episodes but for some reason I really enjoyed this one loved Garza especially he took zero bs from the interviewers leading questions and I loved that we finally got a glimpse of Vampire Cop, and wow, super cringe. I can see why Simone probably still has it in her quote-unquote pending list. At least it had Jordana Brewster going for it, I guess. Simone herself was hilarious during her segments, and Smitty was a welcome sight. I will be patiently waiting for the official release of Smitty Streets. I tweeted that last night. It was like, we literally need a web like web series about that. Totally. I feel like Smitty just needs to have a web series because there's been a few things where, right, where we've said that he needs, like, webisodes or something. Yep. Or imagine, like, Smitty doing, like, a podcast about, like, his days as, like, an LAPD officer. I mean, I I don't know if he could do that, but I feel like he would find his way around it and do it, and it would be hilarious. Yeah, because he'd probably be like, "And this is why you should not become a cop. Like, <laughs> this is how I do my job, <laughs> the lazy way." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they said Laura and Mark. Well, here I thought Chenford was bad at keeping a secret relationship. Enough said. Great episode overall. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> they really weren't good at it at all. It was so funny, though. Yeah. I mean, I kind of want, like, Brendan to, like, walk in on them when they're, like, making out, though. Like, <laughs> he would be so awkward about it. And then he'd probably, like, do, like, a bro handshake with Mark and be like, what's up, man? I just literally can't. I'm still just not over the fact that he's, like, my atlas, like, Brendan. He doesn't belong to you. Like, I get that they're, you know, good, good buddies. But I was just like, dude, you were, like, I think he's just so happy to, like, have made another, like, guy friend in, like, the Bureau or something. Yeah. You know, and, like, not, you know, in the Hollywood scene, mm-hmm. maybe. So, but he's, oh, my God, just so funny. I just I just love how, like, they met once. They shared a hotel room. And they're, like, bros now. Like, they have, like, a whole bromance and everything. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love this. But I feel like that's probably just some of Brendan's personality. Because yeah. he was an actor, like he just has to, you know, he's just friendly to everyone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Feds was a good episode. I, they were both good episodes. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we've said this quite a bit, and like even other people have, but like the rookie just keeps getting better every week. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just blown away every time I sit down on my couch on Tuesday nights. And I'm like, wow, like yeah. the rookie just keeps getting better. Yeah. So. Well, and Feds is, like, really making a good impact, at least, yeah. like, viewing-wise. I wish more people were, like, on Twitter about it. I'm literally still kind of salty that Kevin's not on Twitter anymore, because he was literally the only person from the cast that would tweet. We were so close to our Kevin Bestie era with yeah. him. Like, we were so close. I mean, I don't know if we were, but, like, I feel it. And, yeah. 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 So... That's pretty much it for us. We, I mean, unless you have any more thoughts that are somewhat no. coherent, I don't. Like I said, I could I just don't. be on repeat, yeah. but it's fine. You guys can always just go over to our Twitter pages and feel, see yeah. all of our incoherent thoughts. Yeah. I mean, you can also go on to TikTok because, mm-hmm. like, true. my TikTok, more, well, more so the podcast one like because I'm following like all of these edit accounts now like they're it's all Chenford someone has been making Brunson ones um but it's still a lot of Chenford but like even then like on the for you page sometimes even on like my personal Mm -hmm. there will be like Chenford rookie stuff that comes up so like if you're on TikTok, like there's there's content out there that's rookie related like the hashtags have a lot of views with them so yeah yes no track i mean twitter is not just the only social media platform for for the rookie stuff i mean i personally i'd probably stay away from the comments on the facebook post that like the rookie does but yeah i mean other than that you know instagram Mm -hmm. facebook twitter like it's all it's all good rookie content Mm -hmm. yeah so as we said, you guys can find us on Twitter. We're at the Shop Talk Pod underscore, or you can email us at Shop Talk the Rookie Podcast at gmail.com with all of your thoughts. And you guys can find us individually on Twitter as well. I'm at Carrie Hyman and Jennifer. I'm at JSTARK804. And like Jennifer had mentioned, we are also on TikTok. And for that handle, it's 
the shop talk podcast underscore yes and apparently we also have some t public designs to start making too Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we'll uh we'll be sure to keep you guys updated you know yeah when those things kind of are falling into place a little bit more because they're literally just ideas that happen live on this podcast right now yeah I mean I'm gonna have to see if like I'm can help us out yeah but yeah no we definitely and I, they're not all just Chenford so like no yeah it'll be good it'll be a good max yeah but yeah they're always having sales too so I mean check them out we'll try and let you know when there's a sale going because I mean you gotta get your rookie merch Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you guys like this episode and our podcast Shop Talk, we would really appreciate it if you left us a rating and review. It just really helps out the podcast and helps other fans find us as well. And next week we'll be back with a new episode. We're going to cover 513 of the rookie and 113 of the rookie beds. And yeah, I mean like i'm all talked out like i'll just talk to you guys next week (laughs) that's it for us because like i literally have nothing else to say besides chenford did things and brendan acres is jealous (laughs) and woe has it's them against the world also true so so yeah yeah. that is it for us (laughs) we'll talk to you guys later (laughs) bye Bye, everyone (laughs) go get them boo